You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site now. The NFL schedule coming out Thursday night, so get all that information there that you're looking for here on the schedule of the dates and times. We know all the opponents for every team in the NFL, who they're going to play, but we'll know there, uh, barring uh, any changes with the coronavirus that we'll be starting as usual in September and ending uh, there uh, right around uh, New Year's for your schedule. So a lot of good stuff. We'll finally get to look at the fantasy football season from that perspective, uh, put things in order and uh, where we're going to see teams. We'll do a special on that next week. We'll go in depth there on the schedule and really uh, break it down for you after we take a deep dive into it there and uh, really examine what stands out for fantasy, good or bad for particular teams. So we'll do that. First, uh, this week we have to continue finishing up our look at the consensus rankings there through the main fantasy positions. We went through quarterback and running back. Today we'll hit wide receivers. Tomorrow we'll close the week with a look at tight ends and uh, how that position is shaping up here for 2020 now that the NFL free agency and the draft are in the books here for you. So uh, for our purposes today, we will use a half point PPR. That seems to be the standard there with uh, so we all have a baseline that's uh, very comparable for all these uh, receivers that we look at from the top tier wide receiver threes and then sleepers beyond that that are, look like risers at wide receiver four and five so we'll dive right into that in a moment first uh, I gotta tell you this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by Built Bar Built Bar the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get $10 off your first order there shipped to you. All right, uh, wide receivers. This is a marquee position. This is a position that a lot of people put more value on, especially in three wide receiver leagues where uh, you have to use 36 of the guys in the NFL on a consistent basis here on your team. Again, there's more of these options with uh, teams going to 11 personnel. A lot of teams have two very viable receivers, elite ones. Some now have a third one who's very effective there in the slot or as a number two guy on the outside there. So teams are just loaded at this position. This is just the norm here as uh, teams go with uh, those three wide receiver sets consistently. So there's a lot of good value to be had now. Again, just like a quarterback and a running back with uh, Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey, it's the same guy at the top of the rankings that finished in the top of the scoring last year. Yep, it's Michael Thomas of the Saints. He is the first guy, when you look at the consensus, top-tier rankings there on Fantasy Pros. Here, uh, what the industry is thinking, the experts there overall. I like to use that because it, it kind of tells you where a player might go in the draft as well. We'll talk more about average draft position ADP 
a little later this offseason as well uh, as we get closer to a real drafting. But for now, it's a good thing to check uh, where these players are ranked. And Michael Thomas, no doubt, is uh, still the number one. He had a, in a half point last year, 300 points. Really, no one came close to that, seriously. I mean, he was just a beast here. I mean, he's a machine of uh, catching passes every week. He can explode for 10 to 15 catches anytime. Very consistent player as well. Emmanuel Sanders in the mix. I don't think it changes too much. It actually probably helps Thomas here. So he's still the no-brainer, number one. Now, number two is Devontae Adams. And you look at where Devontae Adams finished last year. It was a bit disappointing. There was a stretch there that wasn't that good. 24. So he was actually the last wide receiver, two last year. 14.3 points per game. We know he missed a lot of time. That really hurt him. So when you look at really the points overall from last year, uh, I think you wanted a little bit more of him staying healthy. That was a tough stretch to try to survive without him in most of your leagues, but he would have been uh, around the wide receiver six. So that tells you, uh, even with the missed time for him to put uh, those type of overall numbers and still finish at wide receiver two, that's pretty impressive. So that's why Devontae Adams makes a lot of sense there to make that big jump if that might be something of surprise to you when you first look at it. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, that's not a surprise. He finished fifth overall, 14.5 points per game, so really fourth in points there behind uh, Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones there ahead of uh, Cooper Cup and uh, right there with uh, Devontae Adams. So that makes a lot of sense. Adams is the touchdown guy. DeAndre Hopkins, we know, is making the transition to a new team. I don't think that's going to change too much. Similar style quarterback, Kyler Murray runs around, buys time, extends it, gets it downfield here. But DeAndre Hopkins still the number one receiver here. And uh, it's a similar situation. You had uh, Kenny Stills and Will Fuller on the other side here. You have Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. So it's kind of very parallel, even though he's changing teams. So I think Hopkins at number three makes a lot of sense. Now, Tyreek Hill... Interesting that he's aggressively ranked here at number four, looking for a big rebound. When you look at Tyreek Hill from last year, I mean, he was pretty healthy, and uh, he missed uh, four games, however, and 13.3 points per game. Again, that's why you have to look at this, not just the overall scoring where they finished, but where they were ranked. So he would have finished uh, right there around seven. So I think he had a negative touchdown regression last year, very positive the year before. Health should also be on his side. So... That's where you look at the aggressive uh, rebounding for Adams and Hill here. Now, we mentioned uh, Godwin and Jones. They're the next two guys in reverse order here. Jones at five, Godwin at six here. I like that ranking for sure. Kenny Galladay coming in at number seven. So let's look at last year. Godwin two, Jones three, Galladay six overall in scoring. There, I mean, you look at it, I mean, I really like the way the Galladay's arrived with these guys. And Chris Godwin, people are going to be thinking about Mike Evans as the number one in Tampa. But when you look at the kind of a receiver that Godwin is and Tom Brady coming in there, quarterback, I think it's going to help him because it's just not going to be toss-ups to Mike Evans. He's going to trust his Julian Edelman-like guy that can run routes inside and out, be consistent for him. So Godwin certainly getting a bump and being positioned really well. But it would not be surprised for some people to have Jones and Godwin ahead of Adams and Hill based on what happened last year. But when you pull away the injuries, I mean, certainly Adams and Hill have an argument to be ahead of Jones and Godwin. And I think Godwin also has a little bit more appeal than Jones to me. I mean, he finished 1.7 points ahead of Jones. And now I, I know James Winston threw for 5,000 yards. There was a lot available there, but 
Tom Brady is going to lock into Godwin as much as he is, is Rob Gronkowski if he's out there. Uh, I think even more so than Mike Evans. So I'd say I kind of like Godwin still ahead of Jones here in the 2020. Now, Galladay, again, pretty solid, consistent six last year, seven. I think I would stick with that here. I mean, he's big play dependent sometimes, but he tends to get those big plays and touchdowns that you need. And uh, I think he's just rounded into a pretty much a, a number one style receiver. So that really, uh, those are your top two tiers here. I don't think there's much separation here between these guys after Michael Thomas, but Adams and Hill coming in the mix. I really make it nice and deep here in the top half of uh, wide receiver ones. Now, Mike Evans actually comes in number eight, and this is aggressive ranking to me because he was number 12 last year, 15.3 points per game. So you look at that, he would have finished ahead of Julio Jones. So aggressive there, but I think the uh, looking at uh, the situation with Tom Brady, I think Godwin, again, favored a little bit more than Evans. So I think that disparity, when you look at it last year, 16.7 to 15.3 points per game, Evans had some hamstring issues as well that uh, he had overcome. I mean, I, I think this is fair, and I think he belongs here in that uh, upper echelon. Now, I think after that is where you have the question marks because, I mean, I feel good about any of these guys going off in a particular week and carrying my team, and I think that's where the separation is with these top eight receivers there that we've mentioned, and that's why they're kind of ranked that way. Uh, I think it's Thomas in a tier of his own, and then the seven guys kind of clumped in after that. To be honest with you, you're not going to be disappointed with any of these guys there in a half-point PPR, that's for sure. Now, how do we round out the wide receiver ones here as we go really to the top 12? Well, Allen Robinson, I think this is a guy that doesn't sound as exciting, but when you look at the numbers last year, certainly uh, supported that 12.9 points here. Uh, and that was with uh, Mitchell Trubisky. With Nick Foles in there, it could be a bigger upside thing for Allen Robinson, two former Jaguars coming together here. So Allen Robinson, there's every expectation Foles will start. He finished 11th again, 12.9 points per game, not too far behind the leaders, but clearly a little bit of drop-off as you get there. And uh, again, I think he's a worthy number nine. Now, Amari Cooper... Uh, you might think he had a shot to be in the upper echelon. He did finish also with 12.9 points, uh, matching Julian Edelman and Allen Robinson in uh, half-point PPR. He finished 9 when he put all the games together, playing all 16 games. Uh, but now you have uh, Michael Gallup, who's a concern here. He finished 22 with 12.8 points per game. So that's interesting that there wasn't much separating Gallup. He missed a couple games there, but Gallup and Cooper, I mean, Gallup's the better value right now, and, and at this point, Gallup is uh, going a little lower at number 33, so that's something to keep in mind, but C.D. Lamb is also in this mix, so that's definitely going to cut into what Gallup and Cooper do. I mean, C.D. Lamb is a potential uh, wide receiver one in his own right if he had gone to another team, so Lamb, uh, 45 in the rankings, so Lamb is going to be a bigger factor than we think, folks, when you think about Randall Cobb, and he came on and did some... Uh, damage here. Cobb is 44, but Lamb is a much better player overall than uh, Cobb is and is going to be evolved. So that's why I'd be a, bit, a little bit wary with Cooper and Gallup living up to their expectations with a, basically a third uh, number one type guy in the mix for that team. The number 11 is Odell Beckham Jr. This one might catch you by surprise as well. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. only 10.3 points per game last year, 
Played all 16, but he played them hurt. He didn't miss time. He finished as a pretty high wide receiver three. This is pretty up there. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, he's in the Stefan Diggs role in the Kevin Stefanski offense. We know Diggs was uh, up and down last year. as big play dependent, but that put him at number 21. So this is definitely pretty aggressive, assuming Beckham is healthy, especially when they're going to use more two tight end sets. Uh, not necessarily believe in that. So I think there's a little bit of hype train with Beckham. I think he certainly can rebound, and that makes him a better value. Some people won't want to take him, but that's a big jump there to expect him to go from 26 to number 11 in scoring. So I think I would be a little bit more conservative the way I put him instead of just jumping him into that stratosphere as a uh, wide receiver one all of a sudden and uh, get into that same trap we were last year. And I'm also questioning the next pick here. Juju Smith-Schuster, I think that's, again, tied to him having a big rebound with Ben Roethlisberger. How motivated is he going to be, though? The Steelers don't seem like uh, wanting to sign him. He only had 7.7 points per game with that quarterback mess last year. Certainly disappointed. I think he's a good candidate, like Beckham, for insinuating circumstances to have a uh, better uh, rebound here than expected. But this is still a big one we're expecting with Ben Roethlisberger. Clearly he's the go-to guy, but they get Chase Claypool in the draft, James Washington, Deontay Johnson should have a bigger role here as well. So this team has uh, more receivers that get involved, Eric Ebron at tight end. So Beckham and Smith-Schuster, based on their current circumstances of their team, I think it's a little aggressive there at 11 and 12. All right, so there's looking at uh, who the consensus experts uh, overall in our industry have ranked as your wide receiver ones. We'll dive into more of uh, the wide receiver twos here in a moment, but First, I got to tell you more about Built Bar. I mean, I got to tell you, Built Bar is definitely the best protein bar I've ever had. And set at the top, it tastes like a candy bar. And really, it does because you're going to get the best chocolate flavors there, but with a twist. You can have a peanut butter, you can have a toffee almond, salted caramel, you got uh, a brownie flavored, double fudge chocolate. I mean, the list goes on and on with chocolate. If you're a chocoholic, you're going to love the Built Bars, that's for sure. And then they also have twists with fruit flavors. Uh, I've tried the banana, you've had orange, you've got mango, raspberry, all kinds of good flavors there as well to explore. So uh, I like it. The variety is uh, something you don't find in a lot of protein bars there. And also Built Bar, as it uh, gives you energy and protein for the day, it's also going to taste better and be better for you than a lot of bars out there. Really low in a Carbs and sugars, really high in protein. That's what you're looking for in your protein bar. And it tastes great and uh, is going to be better for you than a lot of things that are out there. So check it out. And uh, this is a good time to do so with our special deal here on Locked On Network. Go to BuiltBar.com. All you have to do is use the promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your first order. I can't recommend uh, Built Bar enough here. Uh, I got a shipment to me and uh, I'm very happy with it. You will be too. So check it out now. Promo code locked on, builtbar.com, $10 off your first order. We'll be right back here to look at the wide receiver two rankings here for 2020. All right, so let's uh, continue looking at the wide receiver fantasy football consensus rankings. We went through the top 12, according to Fantasy Pros, half point. That's what we're doing with half point PPR. Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Terry Kill, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, Odell Beckham Jr., Judy Smith-Schuster. Now, 
The last three we mentioned, uh, more mouths to feed, different style of offenses. There, uh, I think that might be a little aggressive, and I think you could see an opening there behind those guys and things changing. Well, uh, let's see who's knocking on the door, shall we? At number 13 on the list was DJ Moore. And this one, uh, with Teddy Bridgewater in there, I mean, DJ Moore produced with uh, limited QB success there with Kyle Allen. DJ Moore, 12.5 points per game. So he's right there. I mean, that those numbers say yes. I mean, DJ Moore was a receptions machine here. They've been lukewarm on Curtis Samuel. Now he has Robbie Anderson, someone to stretch the other side of the field to take some pressure off Moore. So Moore got it done every week with the playing off Christian McCaffrey. This is a per- good ranking for him. Now, Cooper Cup, maybe not getting enough love. He finished number four, 14 points a game. Played all 16 coming off uh, the 2018 season where he had the ACL injury, I mean, 14, I, I just think he's a guy that is maybe a little lower. Consider that they did uh, try to replace uh, what they get, got in Brandon Cooks there, but uh, Josh Reynolds, they, they have some confidence in him, but Cooper Cup is the returning go-to guy here for Jared Goff. I feel like uh, it's going to just put him in good position. Some people say he's a little touchdown dependent, but this is a player I think is just down given the situation there with the Rams, and given that he was already clearly uh, Jared Goff's go-to guy all over the field, even with Cooks there last year. Adam Thielen, again, this one is a tricky one because I wanted uh, that trust there of Stephon Diggs that's really helped Adam Thielen get open, who's out running inside or outside. But, again, Thielen coming off an injury-riddled season there as well. I mean, he's getting a little older. Now it's uh, Justin Jefferson, a rookie on the other side. It's a run-heavy team. So, I mean, I'm not as uh, crazy on uh, Adam Thielen at this spot. I don't think he has mu- as much upside here in an offense. Again, he had 9.9 points per game. So, hopefully, he, after playing only 10 games last year, you'll look at a, a chance for rebound. But, again, I I think Cup and Thielen being ranked right next to each other is pretty shaky to me. Uh, and... I don't know. It's just the changing landscape of this position where I want to go with some younger guys. And again, Thielen not in the best offense for his production here anymore without Diggs to draw attention as uh, he's now going to be the marked man in a lot of these games on a team that doesn't want to throw the ball that all that much. Now, A.J. Brown is the next one. This pick could be really paying off. 11.9 fantasy point per game. Played all 16 as a rookie, but he was only used primarily and, and used properly when uh, Ryan Tannehill was there. So there's a lot of upside there. He's a guy, as a go-to guy, clearly there in Tennessee, good chemistry with the quarterback, returning, playing off the running game, playoff action, that I like him to creep into the wide receiver one conversation in the top 12, and it's not a stretch that he finished 15 last year. Now, Cortland Sutton, number 19, last year 11.7. I'm going to be careful with Cortland Sutton as well. They had Jerry Judy in the mix, KJ Hamler. They might keep Deshaun Hamilton. They have now Albert Okuganem, as well as Noah Fant at tight end. Melvin Gordon out of the backfield. I'm just not going to believe Sutton's going to put up the same type of numbers. He's a little touchdown dependent. 11.7 points per game last year. So, again, I think he's a little too high here at number 17. Keenan Allen at number 18. He finished 8th last year. Again, this makes sense. This is all tied to the quarterback change. Terod Taylor is going to have chemistry there. Is Justin Herbert going to hurt him? So, a lot of uncertainty we'll have to uh, revisit Keenan Allen, but I think that makes sense to drop him 10 spots here. I don't think that's being aggressive at all. The next guy was Devontae Parker. We know he won a lot of leagues, and this guy 
finished seventh there. And again, this is the uncertainty of quarterback. If it's Ryan Fitzpatrick through these games, I mean, Parker's going to be outstanding again. The chemistry is there. But if it's a Tua Tagovailoa starting, then again, it brings some question marks. So again, people are wary. Allen and Parker clear in their ranking at 18 19, or worry about the quarterback issue there in 2020. Next uh, player on the list is uh, Calvin Ridley at number 20, the Falcons' number two receiver. What did uh, Calvin Ridley do last year? 25th, 12.7 points per game. Played in only 13 games, however, so that's some upside to climb up there. So Calvin Ridley, uh, again, this would suggest he moves up five spots. I think that's appropriate here overall. Uh, and maybe even higher, depending on what happens with some of those guys I mentioned, uh, especially uh, Thielen and uh Looking at uh, the QB situation with Allen and Parker. Robert Woods at 21. Last year, Robert Woods, uh, look at it. I mean, he was uh, very strong at number 17. So that makes a little bit of sense here, again, to rank him that way. But I think just uh, trying to figure out the pecking order, I think Woods could be a little higher there, given uh, Reynolds is now really the third receiver that they're looking at most in Los Angeles. Now, Tyler... Lockett comes in at number 22. He was at 14 last year, 12.1 points per game, played all 16. So I think that's about right. With more of those uh, rising young players, that's something to watch. DJ Chark, I think, is a bit undervalued. He had 12.6 points per game last year. He was 16th. He's dropping to 23. I know it's a different offense here with Jay Gruden, but still the same quarterback with Gardner Minshew. And Chark did a lot of his damage in connection with Gardner Minshew. So I, I really like that. And this next player... This one hurts because he had, it's funny that Stefan Diggs was the number 21 receiver last year in terms of a total points, played 15 games, 12 points a game. Guess who was right ahead of him? John Brown, number 20, 12.3 points per game. So John Brown and Stefan Diggs, what do you do there? I mean, I think you have to kind of put them a little bit down with each other because now they're on the same team competing for targets as well as a Cole Beasley in the mix. So I think this makes sense, but I think there's an argument that John Brown could be higher. He's at 36 right now. Diggs could be lower, and they meet more in that uh, higher-end uh, wide receiver three category versus wide receiver two. And uh, we'll quickly go through this uh, next tier through number 28. Uh, this is considered tier four. They are in Fancy Pros, and we'll come back and uh, finish. Their DK Metcalf is at number 26 there. Where did DK Metcalf finish last year, I think? He was uh, better than expected as a rookie, but a little touchdown, big play dependent, 9.9 points per game. He finished 32, so about the same, but a little aggressive to me, given uh, Lockett is there and is still really the go-to guy. Now they have Greg Olson as well to help in the red zone. A.J. Green is number 27. I think this is a ranking we didn't know what to do. There's no uncertainty here that uh, Joe Burrow is going to be the starting quarterback. Andy Dalton's gone, so... What do we get there from this connection? I think it's a little aggressive coming off an ankle injury, getting a little older, having Tyler Boyd in the mix. I'm just not going to be that high on A.J. Green and put him in this tier and maybe some guy I do not draft. Terry McLaurin, we're definitely going to watch. A lot of his production trade to Case Keenum, who's gone. We'll see how the Kyle Allen, Dwayne Haskins situation works out there with him in Washington. I really like Terry McLaurin as the talent receiver. He finished 27, 11.6 points per game last year. So this is kind of keeping things the same. But I don't know if I would do that necessarily if I completely uh, believe in uh, Haskins staying the quarterback. That's not may not be the greatest thing for McLaurin. And we have to still see if uh, Kyle Allen wins that job, how that chemistry works out here in 2020. So uh, that's your uh, 
four tiers there, according to Fantasy Pros, half-point PPR wide receivers. We still have to uh, kind of do a rapid fire on the rest here to get you through the wide receiver threes and a few standout rankings from wide receiver four and five. But first I tell you, we know uh, Mother's Day is here this weekend. uh, And guys, you can start the competition with people important in your mom's life. Mother's Day is your Super Bowl, so celebrate this Mother's Day by scoring your favorite gift of the day. Your mom will be able to travel in her mind, exotic India, sample the food, laugh at the perils of raising a teenager in 1950s India through a new book of fiction called The Head Artist. If you haven't heard of it, uh, it's Reese Witherspoon's book club pick for May. And uh, there's also something special that comes with uh, bringing that book to your mom. If you post a picture anytime in May, post a picture of you and your mom holding the book or ebook on Instagram or Facebook and tag the author. Her name is Alka Joshi. You just tag her at the Alka Joshi. A donation of four meals per post, up to 10,000 meals, will go up to Feeding America. So it's a good cause there as well, and you good gift for mom. So guys, go and buy The Hand Artist today at your favorite bookseller, including Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Walmart, Costco, and Target. And uh, you know you want to win in fantasy football, but you'll make mom the ultimate winner in your family by giving her a great book and a great experience. We'll be right back here to close the show looking at wide receiver threes and uh, fours, fives that stand out here in the early 2020 rankings at the position. All right, uh, let's uh, close the show. Uh, We went through the top 28 receivers, so we spilled a little bit over from the consensus rankings for 12-team wide receiver twos there, which would uh, take us through 24. Now we're going to dive into some uh, interesting names and go rapid fire here. Jarvis Landry, number 29, is your next guy on the list. I think Landry is a little bit undervalued in relation to Odo Beckham Jr. Here, he finished 13th at 12.2 points per game. He really has the trust of Baker Mayfield. So, again, I think Landry is far too low here based on where he finished and being a key cog in this offense the way Adam Thielen would have been there for uh, Stefanski last year. You look at uh, Debo Samuel at number 30. This is another uh, guy on the rise. So this is just telling the values. He actually finished 29th last year. We'll see how Brandon Ayuk cuts into the mix, how much bigger role he has filling in for Emmanuel Sanders. That's something we're going to watch. But interesting that he's still at status quo. Julian Edelman, big drop-off. No surprise there. We don't know what's going to happen. Jared Stidham, maybe we'll get a better indication of him. But Julian Edelman's 10th, 12.9 points per game. He's the biggest drop-off down to 31. Tyler Boyd at 32 here. Again, Tyler Boyd's still undervalued. I'd still rather have him than A.J. Green had... 11.1 points per game, finished 23rd in half-point PPR formats. Last year, Michael Gallup, again, I'm worried about him. And uh, Amari Cooper, but I'd rather have Gallup down here given the average same points per game. He's a better value, and CeeDee Lamb might be even better at number 45. Marquise Brown, I'm not that interested in Marquise Brown. He was a hit or miss, big play. They added a couple more receivers in the draft. He was 46, by the way. Last year, so way too aggressive on Marquise Brown. Big play dependent there at uh, number 34. Uh, Will Fuller, number 35. Uh, injuries, if you trust. Uh, I mean, if you can stay on the field, he's could be, but he's no longer really the number one here with Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb. Kenny Stills, uh, yeah, I'm not trusting Will Fuller at 35. John Brown, again, hurt by Diggs' presence at 36. Christian Kirk, uh, I mean, I'm not going to buy too much of Christian Kirk. Right outside the first uh, wide receiver four here. Uh, Christian Kirk, I mean, with uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk, they were 37 and 40 uh, respectively last year at uh, 8.7 for 
Fitzgerald, 10.3 for Kirk, but we know that's going to go down potentially with Hopkins in the mix. Marvin Jones at number 38. Uh, here, Marvin Jones was pretty good last year, 27, 12.5. The question is going to be, he played the 13 games last year uh, overall. Is Matthew Stafford going to be healthy? If he is, then Jones is definitely undervalued here at 38 opposite Galladay. Brand Cooks, probably undervalued for the Texans. He produces pretty well. I know he's making the transition from the Rams, but Brand Cooks, I know, is a little big play dependent and can be disappointing overall and uh, has some injury issues at times. But again, I think Brand Cooks necessarily uh, stepping into a busy role here. I, I don't uh, necessarily see why he's a... Uh, as undervalued here, I'd rather look at him a little bit more than Will Fuller. He's draft Justin Jefferson, a sleeper we're going to have an eye on. He is in the Diggs role there, so there's some upside there. Mike Williams for the Chargers, really a touchdown regression there. And then we'll see how that goes. He was at 38th last year. So this is about right probably for Mike Williams, but I think he has some upside to score a little bit more touchdowns. Darius Slayton comes up at 42. Big playmaker, but a lot of nods uh, to feed there between uh, him and uh, Sterling Shepard. And Golden Tate, uh, coincidentally, Golden Tate was 43rd last year. Sterling Shepard, 50. So it was uh, pretty uh, tight between all those receivers and uh, Daniel Jones last year. So we'll see how that plays out. And I kind of plumped them all together here in New York. Jerry Judy, again, I think cuts into Cortland Sutton. He's at 43. Shepard, as I mentioned, 42 on Slayton, 44 for Shepard. Tate is at 53. So... People having a hard time determining those, but I would say Slayton has the most upside of those Giants receivers. CeeDee Lamb, again, 45, looking at him as uh, potentially uh, doing more than uh, Gallup and uh, cutting into Cooper as well here, so something to worry about. Emmanuel Sanders, I'm not loving this. Uh, he was 33rd for the 49ers here, but Michael Thomas is a dominant one. I think it's about right for him. Jameson Crowder of the Jets options there post-Robbie Anderson. He has some appeal at 47, but more in full PPR than half. I don't really like him in this format too much. Uh, I, I think there's just too many guys there. Anthony Miller is a guy that I'm going to watch on the upside. Henry Ruggs, I think, at 49 is a little bit uh, underrated here because he is going to be the go-to guy for the Raiders, but still kind of, you know, battling targets as we did our profile on the Raiders with Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs out of the backfield, Hunter Renfro in the slot, and Tyrell Williams. So, Ruggs is going to have a tough time uphill battle with that. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, I'm not really t- tapping into this Eagles situation too much. Here, I'm going to try to avoid that. He's number 50, so a lot of concern there. Robbie Anderson at 51. Again, uh, DJ Moore, I think, will benefit, but Anderson will be limited, limited big play receiver there. His replacement with Burchard Perryman at 55. So you can start getting deep here. I mean, it's funny that the Eagles and uh, Jets are pretty uh, undervalued here with their receivers, but there's not a lot of trust there. Mikkel Hardman, interesting at 56, that he's next ahead of uh, Sammy Watkins and Marcus Robinson. And so when we look at for uh, the Chiefs' offense, uh, Hardman will watch for him, potentially have a breakout. Uh, Curtis Samuel, I'm not interested in him at 59. I think number 60, Michael Pittman, is uh, pretty undervalued here overall to me, I think. Uh, he is the Colts' uh, top-ranked receiver, which is interesting, ahead of uh, T.Y. Hilton and uh, Zach Paschal. So, uh, weird situation to think about in Indianapolis, but Michael Pittman certainly has the best situation of rookie receivers. Don't completely forget about Nikhil Harry. He's around there, but again, Edelman hurt by the situation. Harry certainly is dropping as well. Again, uh, Deshaun Jackson, 62, 
there. I mean, there's just not a lot of confidence in these Eagles receiver. We need to find out more about the pecking order there. Denzel Mims also comes in with the Jets there to cloud that situation with Perryman and Crowder. So these uh, situations where the quarterback is decent, but you don't know the pecking order. There's a lot of equal receivers. That's a hard thing to decipher this early season. We need a little bit more evidence uh, going forward with these teams. And uh, and then uh, rounding it out uh, there after Deshaun Jackson, 62. Hunter Renfro, 63. Denzel Mims, as I mentioned, 64. D.D. Westbrook, 65. T. Higgins, 66. James Washington, 67. Paris Campbell comes in then at 68 there. So interesting, uh, really, a breakdown of the way these uh, receivers are ranked here in uh, 2020. That, uh, again, uh, we have Hilton and as a guy, but uh, then there's a lot of upside behind in uh, some of these young receivers there. Uh, Pittman standing out among them here in 2020 with uh, Campbell also on the rise. After that, it's a guy, a lot of guys you don't want to invest in. And, again, these rankings are pretty fair. I think there's a lot of people, however, ranked low, and this is going to be the hardest thing. When you get from, like, 10 to 30, that's where you're going to have the most fluctuation. That's where we get the most things wrong with the final production of these receivers. Uh, And there also could be a guy coming out of nowhere to produce there. So some guys that... uh, Interestingly, we're ranked pretty high that we're not too much in the mix or considering there from last season. Uh, I think one guy that stands out, Cole Beasley, he finished as a wide receiver three last year at 34. So guy obviously really taking a hit with Diggs in there. Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald, 37 on the way down as well. So again, situations change when you add another receiver. It's not always good news. Sometimes you want that guy to deflect attention but when you have a lot of mouths to feed and you have teams spreading the field and interchangeable receivers like the cowboys or eagles or jets situation it just becomes a little bit more difficult to decipher so we'll have a lot more on this position as we go along through the offseason but we want to check in get our finger on the pulse of uh, what the industry is thinking at wide receiver and uh, get this uh, marquee position in the books here in may for you uh, to give you some insight there and what we like risers fallers sleepers and busts at wide receiver in 2020 in fantasy. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Fantasy Football. Uh, Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Now tell your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Locked on NFL Draft. We'll see you tomorrow with a look at tight ends.